I'm Alex, and the best thing about shared parental leave for me was that my daughter Matilda used to cry every time my wife, Amy, left the house. Now she enjoys spending time with both of us. I got to experience my daughter growing up and to share time with her that I otherwise would have missed. I'm Abdul, and the best thing about parental leave for me was when I saw my son take his first steps at home with me, and if I had not been on the parental leave, I would certainly have missed that from a domestic point of view is I now fully understand when my wife says she's to me she's had a tough day what exactly that means. Hi welcome to First Time Dads I'm Steve Mutt and I am Richard Innes uh, and those voices that you just heard probably gives you a clue as to what our subject is this week and our guest is MP Joe Swinson thanks for coming on Joe. Really delighted to be able to chat and to be on the podcast. Thank you very much. And the reason we got Jo on it is because when she was in uh, coalition government, it was her policy of shared parental leave that came in, and uh, we thought, no, who better to talk to us about shared parental leave than, than, the, person, than the person who essentially introduced it to mm. Laura? I suppose is that, is that overstating I the? No, I, I, I did. It was in the Children and Families Bill that I took through Parliament and um, you know debated it all. Um, so yeah, it was uh, through all of the stages of the policy development since when I became a minister in 2012. It was already the very early work had been done, mm. but uh, yeah, I, it was kind of like my baby. I had an actual baby at the same time as well. <laughs> um, I, it took longer to get the law changed than to be pregnant and have a child. <laughs> I'm sure that happens all the time. <laughs> um, it's clearly something you're you're very proud of. Yeah. Um, could you perhaps explain to us a little bit, just because I'm sure our, our listeners will be very aware of the concept of shared parental leave and they, yeah. they would, would have heard about it and stuff, but I'm sure there'll be some who maybe don't quite know the detail of what's available what's possible so sure. could you give us a kind of brief summary well so uh, so what typically was the situation was that women had uh, access to up to 52 weeks of maternity leave and men had two weeks of paternity leave um, and the uh, pay is for 39 weeks of maternity leave and uh, two weeks of paternity leave which is paid at a statutory rate of um, something which is about £135-£140 a week um, and uh, obviously many employers will enhance that but not all employers do. Um, shared parental leave is about saying to couples that if they want to share that leave differently they can and the, 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 they can share it basically pretty much as flexibly as they would like. Uh, the woman has to take at least two weeks or four weeks if she's in a, a sort of manual job and that's just for health and safety reasons and obviously men have got a protected two weeks of paternity leave but other than that literally if 50 weeks wanted to be transferred to dad and dad take the vast majority of the leave he could they could split it 50 50 six months each um, or indeed you know dad could take just an extra two or three weeks if they wanted to do it that way um, you also now can take it in chunks and it enables people to go back to work for a bit. So uh, sometimes if somebody is on maternity leave, but perhaps they've got a big work conference coming up, they might want to come back and do the prep for that, come back for a couple of months, but then go back on leave. That might work very well for the employer too. And during that time, it might be that the you know the, the man in the relationship might want to take the leave and, and look after the child. There's lots of different ways that people might use it flexibly. Some people use it when uh, the mum is going back to work and around that time of transition, getting a child settled in a new nursery then they they take the view that that's quite a good time for dad to take some leave and uh, it's really up to couples Mm -hmm. how they choose to do it and just to clarify then this is something that legally any employer in this country is obligated if you go if you go to your employer and say my my wife you know we are having a child 
I would like to take X amount of time out of this. There's no there's no pushback yeah. possible from this the employer. Is, on this that. is not something that they can say no to. There are eligibility criteria. So um, you uh, the, both parents need to be in work. So that's one of the criteria. You There is a length of time in work, so it's not what you call a day one right. Um, typically, you basically need to have been employed for six months. The specifics on how you calculate that are um, available on the gov.uk website. Um, but So it's about uh, a quarter of a million uh, couples a year this applies to. Um, there are still some areas where it doesn't apply uh, properly, such as for um, men who are self-employed, for example. I think that's something the government mm-hmm. should address. Um, but it was too complicated to do that to bring it in in the time scale that we were trying to to bring it in uh, back when we passed the law and it came in in 2015. Uh, but so large, large numbers of people are eligible, and if you're eligible, your employer cannot say no. Sounds brilliant. Sounds brilliant. In fact, it sounds so brilliant that I did it. Good on you. <laughs> and, it, and it is brilliant. But there's a but, isn't there? Yeah. Not many people do it. Yeah. Why don't more men do it, Joe? What, what are the figures? Sorry, well, just to, to well first of all, there's no, there's no accurate figures um, because there's no exact way of knowing the government would need to, which I hope they will commission some proper survey data on mm. this. Um, but basically, it looks like it is around where we thought it was going to be. So the government assessment of what we thought would happen would be between 2% and 8% of dads would take this up. And it looks like it's probably towards the higher level of that. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, that's not as many as we would like. Mm. I mean, one of the big reasons, well, I would say there's three big reasons. One of the big reasons why uh, more people don't do it is that not everybody knows about it. This has only been in mm. since 2015. And I think if you looked at how many men took paternity leave, you know, the first year after that became a right, it probably wouldn't have been that many either. Um, I think the second reason is financial. And that's sort of in two different fronts, I think. Um, first of all, in many couples, partly because of the gender pay gap and everything that we know about, that the male partner might be earning more. And um, as a result, you know, having a child is quite an expensive thing to do, as you well know. And so um, tight family finances might mean that it's felt that they can't afford it. But secondly, and related to that, is many employers have not yet sort of um, updated their policies properly to make sure that men can properly access enhanced pay that they might be offering to women as well. Now, some employers do do that brilliantly. Mm. Um, the civil service, we made sure mm. we're going to uh, absolutely do that so both men and women can get access to the same kind of parental pay policy. But that's not the case across the mm. board. And then the final barrier, I think, is cultural. That was you the know. one I wanted to ask you about because that's the one I find really interesting. Because I think the other two, I, I suppose, obvious to an extent, and obviously for, that's a, you know the difference between pay for men and pay for women. That's an entirely separate discussion, I suppose. But the um, so there's always going to be some financial limitations. If I look at my own, well, yeah, exactly, because we've got two of us, exactly. two of us we've sat got, here. One of us took it, one of us didn't. Yeah, now, I know why now I, 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 I didn't take it. Now, primarily, I suppose, if anybody asked me why didn't you take shared parental leave, well, reason number one, I, I earn a bit more money than my wife does. Yeah. So that, in, in, I suppose, in itself justifies it. But I think I would be lying to myself if I didn't admit that there was a cultural element there. You know, I, I, I suppose that that feeling of being a husband, a father, I now have a family, this is my first child, I need to be provided. And I suppose on some level, and I don't like admitting this because I don't want to be that sort of man, but I think it's impossible to not be to an extent where you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, am I going to allow my wife, who's just you know just finished breastfeeding or just you know has just had a child go back to work while I sit at home is that and there's there's some there's some element there <laughs> you, you sit oh, at home you're definitely about it absolutely believe me, at home. believe me that was a terrible choice of work yeah exactly um, two that's of not, 
That's not at all what I meant. Of course. Yeah. Um, and believe me, one thing I do not ever, I've never ever, in all the arguments my wife and I have had over parenting, one thing that we've never argued about, I have never doubted for a second how busy and stressed yeah, and yeah. frantic yeah. she is when she's at home with the baby. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that I, I think it's very difficult to get away from that, and I'm interested to know how much. Because obviously, you mentioned those first two factors, which I suppose are, are logistical, and how much you think the, the, the cultural aspect is is holding people back. I think it is huge, and I think it's interesting when people, even when they say it's the financial one, I'm not suggesting that, mm. that that's not a real barrier, it is. But there's also interesting research about how much people have actually even done the calculations about mm. whether they could afford it. Because yeah. they might not be able to afford to take six months yeah. but they might be able to afford to take four extra weeks right yeah. and, and and even four extra weeks I think would you know make a big difference I mean I, I you know I think I, I think back I mean my son was born three days before Christmas and that basically meant that Duncan's paternity leave didn't need to kick in till January thank goodness right. Andrew was nearly four weeks when Duncan went back to work and I just remember those four weeks as such an a blur of I mean the two of us trying to keep this baby alive and fed and and clean and and it was it was it was like not just a full-time job it was a full-time job for two people it felt like yeah, for, yeah. for the for those weeks and so the thought of him going back after two weeks and having to do all of that alone would I think to me would have felt quite I ended up terrifying. taking holiday yeah which exactly. actually in hindsight is a bit ridiculous because clearly I didn't have to we yeah. could have done something a bit differently well exactly yeah. but, but so so I think a lot of pa- a lot of parents and couples will understand that that er- those early weeks mm. it might be helpful to have a bit more time mm. even if you don't feel you can take the whole mm. the whole you know splitting it 50 50 or taking three months um you know like you did steve but, but that cultural thing i mean it's in workplaces it's being mm. the first person to ask for it it's it's what do your parents what do your in-laws say yeah. people in a different generation they've got a different yeah, view about whose yeah. who's job it is to do what um what do your mates say yeah. you know when you when you go out and tell them what you're thinking of doing is that welcomed or not yeah i mean i i did it we did it because we had a friend who had taken it he worked at the treasury yeah george osborne big advocate of shared parental leave careers. and a good pay policy yeah, at civil service it, as well exactly um I wouldn't have known much about it had I not seen this friend of ours go through the process and see this having a great time. We'd go around, he'd grow a beard, he's wearing shorts, he was like having, having a great time. And I was like, you know, that that's great. However, when I went to my boss and said I want to do this, and he probably won't mind me saying this, he was a bit blank-faced as to what it was. I was only the second person in the whole company ever to take it. Mm. I don't know whether that's true. There'd been inquiries about it, but no one had taken it, so and it was it was new. It was a new thing, and it still is a new thing. I think on the the, the um, money side of things, I suspect that it's harder for people on lower pay to take because there's less room in budgets Definitely. when you're yeah. on lower incomes. Yeah. I I suspect that if you really want to take it in sort of middle incomes which I'd say probably Rich and I are in mm-hmm. you can see it it's not like you're going to decide the next day you're doing it you know nine months out you're having a baby and you're probably not the dad probably going to take the last three months so you've got 18 months to plan for the fact yeah, you're going to take yeah. three months yeah. off yeah. so you can make it like you know I think you can make it work if you if you kind of what it, I think which is right there is a cultural mm. thing about it but I think that's why it's important for us to have these kind of podcasts to 
tell people about yeah. it. I, I mean, I, I just couldn't agree more because I think loads of guys are surprised by how much they enjoy the experience of being a dad. And it's something my husband's, you know, reflected on quite a lot because there's often quite a lot of sort of banter around what being a dad is like, but you, the, you, know, you don't always share actually how beautiful and joyous and how much fun a baby is. I think mm. it's quite common for men. I mean, women think about this a lot. From the point at which you're a kind of teenager thinking about career options, you know, many young women will be thinking about, and if I want to have a family, at what stage is that going to happen? How's that going to impact my career? I don't believe teenage boys think about this or are encouraged to think about this in the same way. Definitely And not. so they haven't necessarily given that thought to it. And therefore, the assumption is sort of, well, a baby's going to be a bit boring. They're not going to, once they're able to talk and kick football, then maybe I'm going to be mm. more interested. Yeah. But but I think that I mean I didn't know a lot about babies before I had one but but how much they give back in the early weeks can be quite a revelation. Actually, a, 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 a somebody who in a senior role that I know, when I said that I had a child, he said, "Well, there's not much for blokes to do till they get about you know two or three when they can start talking to you." And it was like, right, okay, well that tells me a lot about <laughs> your approach to parenting yeah. and it, it, you're right what you say is if you when you well I mean I, as I'm careful not to be too evangelical about it but I am evangelical about it I'm not ashamed of it um, I had such a good time that I reduced my hours and yeah. I now work four day week not a five day week uh, also four and a half day week um, so I can spend more time with my son because it was so great and in fact my wife back at work five days a week so I actually spend more time mm. with my son yeah. than she does which is an unusual to play devil's advocate on a couple of things there I would say firstly that I do find that in the first I mean my son is, is one now and for the last six months I have been bonding with him on a daily basis and he cracks me up I mean he's a complete <laughs> lunatic he's an absolute madman like just doing things like what on earth are you doing I, I called him a plonker on a daily basis mm-hmm. um, but he's so lovable with it do you know what I mean it's really really endearing um, but that first six months there were times where I was thinking what is my role here yeah, and that wasn't that wasn't to do with oh I'll come back and see him when he's three yeah. it was more just well hang on because everything everything is so focused and it, you know my wife was breastfeeding at the time so I suppose that makes things slightly different but in, in the sense that, again, it does seem to diminish the father's role ever so slightly because you can't even help with the feeding, you know, so you're kind of, that, that, that's find, finding your feet there. And on the, on the shared parental leave thing specifically, the other thing that I think we should mention is that sometimes the mother is not going to want to give up. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. can tell you now, yeah. my son Ben has, he started at a childminder a couple of days a week, uh, what, about a month ago now, but a little bit more than a month ago. So that my wife could go back to work. She, she's a writer. She's gone back to work freelance free a couple of days a week. And she has not enjoyed having to leave him with anyone else. No. And as much as I'm sure she wouldn't admit this, and she won't mind me saying this, that would include me. Do you know what I mean? I might be his dad, but she would not enjoy leaving him with his dad. As much as she would you know, be delighted to see me just spending loads of time with Ben. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea that she's going to say, okay, I'll go back to work and you can be with the baby all day. She's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I, well, so I think this issue, which is sometimes called maternal gatekeeping, you know, is a bit of an issue either in individual circumstances mm. in couples or sort of more widely of this, you know, women sort of protecting this. This is a woman's, this is woman's domain and, mm. you know, we don't, we don't want men. And it, it, I think it even manifests in that assumption that men will sometimes somehow be less competent at looking after a baby. Mm. But I mean, breastfeeding aside... 
I mean, that is literally the only thing that men can't do. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I mean, that is a, a really beautiful yeah. bonding experience. That said, I mean, we, we were advised by a friend to introduce bottles early yeah. because um, they'd waited and then when they tried to do it, when she was going back to work, baby was having none of it. Yeah. So the advice was from an early stage, even if you're using express milk, have a bottle yeah. and then give a bottle at least once every three days. And then they won't, they won't um, kick off by having a bottle later, mm. which can be quite distressing. Um, and so, so Duncan was doing those feeds, and actually that was also quite nice because it meant middle of the night. Or actually, do you know what? It's a bottle of milk in the fridge. Yes. You can come. Yes. Uh, you can go and do that. But also, then you have that that beautiful feeding bonding where yes. you're sort of gazing into one another's eyes, yeah. um, and whether that's breast. The oxytocin that's is flowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think it is really important for dads to have that time you know, what they call soul care of children. Yes. So whether it's going out to the park or whether it's, you know, at home or going on little adventures or whatever it is. But I think with a baby, until you are looking after them on your own with nobody else watching to kind of feel like you're doing it wrong and that someone's looking over your shoulder, mm. you don't really work out how you're doing it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I we had agree. We had a situation where, you know, my wife breastfed right up until I took over. And we, he wouldn't take a bottle. And we were like thinking, what are we going to do? Am I going to be coming up on the tube into central London during my wife's lunch break so we can go to a park so she can top him up and then meeting her from work so that she can top I mean, we, we got there in the end because you everyone eventually yeah. does. Um, and we had, you know, he would feed him to sleep. I obviously couldn't feed to sleep because he was breastfeeding. But... One night, my wife took herself off to the cinema, and we were staying at my mother-in-law's house, and my mother-in-law went off to theatre, and it was just me and Jackson. And it was a long, long time, you know, up to, I think, he wouldn't go to sleep, he was crying, he was crying, you know, I had a glass of wine uh, <laughs> just to steady me, and <laughs> eventually he went to sleep, yeah. but Zoe, Zoe walked through the door, and she said, you looked like you, you, your face you like shell shock yeah. because of it but you get through it yeah. yeah and you get through it and then you look after the child on your own all day you know she went to a wedding I think and I had him all, all day you know you build it in at, at weekends and eventually there come what, this is the other interesting thing was when she was just with when he was just with my wife he wouldn't go to mum. He'd go to mum. She'd know. I, I, we've spoken about this on the podcast before. Like, what cry it is? Is it, is it a hungry cry? Is it a tired cry? I wouldn't know. However, towards the end of the three months, I know exactly what's up with him. Exactly. She was. She See, that's was something. That yeah. is something that I've definitely missed out on, and I think it's really interesting. You're talking about the importance of being having that sole parental experience, because actually, something that Lindsay, my wife, and I have discussed recently is the realisation that I have not spent that much time just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I spend all the time I can with my son. I, I'm painting a terrible picture yeah, of myself yeah. here. I'm not sort of sitting in the I pub while my, while my wife is looking after the baby. We're, but it's always the three of us. Yeah. It's always the three of us, everywhere we go. Yeah, yeah. And I think recently, just to give my wife a bit of a break, because she needed it, um, I think I took Ben for an entire Saturday, and we went out and we did some stuff, and we went shopping, we went to soft play. Yeah. And I got home and I suddenly realised that A, I hadn't really got irritated with him at any point during the day. Despite the fact that he's, he's at that stage where he's getting, you know, the odd tantrum or whatnot. And I'd, I'd remained cool, calm and collected the whole time. And I realised that it was actually because there was no alternative. Yeah. Whereas when, when I'm there with my wife, for instance, I know she's the cool, calm and collected one yeah. and I'm the one who can lose his rag for no apparent reason. 
Um, and so there's always that there's always that backup. You automatically yeah. defer to the you person defer, that knows exactly, what doing a bit exactly. Well, and, that, and, and yeah. there's no option when you're when you exactly. have that self parental experience, and that lends itself to that bonding in a way that oh, yeah. you know. I, I think, it, and I, I hadn't really considered shared parental leave in that context. Well, I think this is what part of what's so important <clears throat> because I think it gives people the confidence. Because I remember when friends used to hand me babies. I'd sort of, you know, they just had this newborn, and you know, it's a bit, it's a bit impolite to go, no, I don't want to hold your baby. Actually, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but you'd kind of hold them really stiffly, and they'd unsurprisingly cry, and they'd go back yeah. to mom, and they'd be quite happy. And it was only when my sister had her little girl that I actually, I, I felt because I was very close to my sister, I had a bit more opportunity to kind of even like make mistakes. And I think there was once I was kind of, you know, holding her when she was doing something and she kind of fell down and hurt yeah. herself. But, but you know, she was okay. And my sister didn't hate me that much. And yeah, it was all okay. <laughs> and it, 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 it weirdly gave me a bit more confidence because you could actually, you know, engage with the, the child. But so much of parenting is about practice. That yeah. was what I learned. Yeah. And I think before you have a child, or a lot of people think it's some kind of magic instinctive thing that mums have, rather than it's born out of, oh my goodness, you have spent three hours trying to get this child to sleep. You have tried yeah. mm-hmm. everything. You've mm-hmm. tried every position of holding them. You've tried every song, every poem, every type of yeah. bouncing pattern, of jumping up and down, of dancing. And finally, you find something that that child likes. And it's not that you're a great soother of children you're a great soother of your child well yeah, yeah and isn't there there's, there's something about if you do 10,000 hours of anything you become an expert yeah. in it and it's probably the same with, with child care well <laughs> you don't take that long to get to 10,000 hours if you're not doing much sleeping do you no, no, no. <laughs> that's for sure Joe, uh, on that note so before we move on I was just going to say Steve if, um, if, if any of this resonates with anybody uh, who's listening here um, please do get in touch with us and uh, let us know your, your own experiences and your own stories around shared parental leave or just parenting generally. Um, you can get us at firsttimedads at trinitymirror.com and also please, 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 if you're listening on iTunes, do leave a rating. It helps other people find the podcast. Um, you know, even if you want to say something horrible, you can go ahead and do it. Yeah. We don't mind. Yeah, we wouldn't, wouldn't I mean, necessarily encourage that. No, it'd be better if it was nice yeah, and positive. Exactly, but, exactly, you know, we're not exactly. going to sort of force you or anything. Yeah. Um, but that would be lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Joe, you're rightly I would say proud of the policy you you know as a as an MP when when policies come in and, and new legislation it's not doesn't always work exactly as was intended what are your learnings of it and do you think there are tweaks that can be done to it that will make it do more what you intend it to do absolutely well not least because there was things we wanted to do when we introduced it but we were in coalition and the Tories weren't having any of it like we wanted to ha- at the same time as bringing in shared parental leave extend the period of leave that was dedicated for dads because mm-hmm. a lot of the evidence from Scandinavia who are you know light years ahead of us on mm-hmm. this I mean they've literally had shared parental leave in Sweden for 40 years um, but what they really found was that when you had dedicated leave for dads that mm-hmm. if you didn't use it then it, the couple would lose it entirely then they saw take up um, go up significantly so we tried at the time when we introduced it to have a six week period for dads rather than just the two week period and so that would be something I think and actually I mean you could say six weeks I mean ultimately in time I think that should should be um, higher than that as mm. well um, I think pay is another issue I mean we do want to encourage and it needs to be a really um, proactive effort from the government to encourage companies to enhance the pay but also I think as far as possible and you know difficult economic circumstances understood but to enhance that statutory pay because that is a barrier um, and companies it, are know, doing it aren't they lots of Viva, I think, yeah and, 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 exactly quite a lot of the financial services companies and um, 
you know, the sort of big audit firms and so on, as I say, civil service, um, but just encouraging more to do that and government really leading on this in terms of the cultural side of it and encouraging business leaders to lead on it because I think role modelling is so important. So, mm-hmm. you know, guys that are working at Trinity Mirror that have seen you do it and listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. it's easier for them now because I think often men who are being really involved fathers frankly whether it's shared parental leave or, or just more generally making sure that they're you know doing the pickups from childcare and, and so on they often have to be quite pioneering mm. you know they're often blazing yeah. a bit of a trail and that can feel quite uncomfortable mm. for people so if there's others that are also encouraging it it makes it yeah, easier it's very easy to stay in the office yeah it's much harder to walk out when everyone's working yeah and go and pick up your son from nursery that's very true that is yeah. very very true yeah, I mean yeah Question on Scandinavia. Yeah. They've had it for 40 years. Am I right in thinking it wasn't an immediate success? It took some time for them to, for these, you know, Nordic men to get their, you know. Well, it took them time. It took this, you know, enhancing the policy so that it it basically made it much more attractive for dads. They have better pay generally for um, parental leave and also they have um, more investment in, in childcare. I mean, they obviously have a very different kind of. Um, tax mix in their economy yes. than, than we do um, and those things all help um, and actually the other thing to bear in mind is we do sort of hold them up on a pedestal mm. but it's not as if it's equal in Scandinavia either um, so so I think there is a long I think there is still a long way to go for us too and um, and, and but but we're at the early stages of that and what was the pattern of the development in Scandinavia or in Sweden specifically was it was it for a long time at the same sort of levels that we're seeing here and then there was a jump? Was it something that caused the it, jump the, in The change up? to the user or lose it mm. leave was okay. what made the big difference there, which is okay. why we were so keen to get that in right. the policy development. I like the idea of dad leave, use yeah. it or lose it, month, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if and you can get employers to enhance that, yeah. you know, that would be that would be great. I think that is, that is the, the financial thing I think is the, the, the easy excuse not to take it. Yeah. It's the financial one, despite what I've said about, you know, you can see, you know. But then as you said, Steve, yourself, I mean, I think think it depends on the levels of pay that you're at. You know, I I think our examples, you know, sort of middle class guys working in the London media, I'm sure we're in a position where, again, I could have, you know, if if I'd have really had the will and the desire, I suppose, and similarly, my my wife as well, then I'm I'm sure we could have worked out in in the way that that you did when, when Jackson was born. But then I suppose there is maybe this is there is a separate discussion between the experiences that we're going to have and the experiences that two people on you know lower incomes are going exactly. to are going to have. Well, and indeed that's the experiences for women as well. Mm. So there's a lot of uh, mums that don't get to take anything like their their full amount of yeah, maternity yeah. leave that they could take, but they're back at work after two months mm. because of financial circumstances. And um, you know there's still a lot of jobs that don't enhance maternity pay yeah. at all. Um, statutory pay is not very much at all. Yeah. And so, so this is a, the financial element, um, you know, particularly for people on lower incomes, is a real constraint. And I think even within the existing money that there is, I think there's interesting things you could do if you could say, look at, right, if you could have nine months at this pay, mm. could you say, well, actually, I'll take four months, but I'll take that nine months worth of pay, but spread across four months, so it's more per week. Mm. That wouldn't necessarily cost the government more, you mean. but would help people um, or mean. perhaps lower incomes to be able to take a bit more leave. So I, th- so, so I think at the Trinity Mirror, got, you get four months for what I call for whack. And then yeah. you go down to statutory. Yeah. So if you take those two amounts, your four months at full pay and your five months at statutory, put it together and then divide by yeah. nine, yeah. It, it, it balances it's out. Bad, so you don't, yeah. see a, you don't see a drop off. Yeah. I mean, 
my experience of being on, on Shepherds, you don't spend much money when you yeah. get Shepherds to leave. There is the cliche of, you know, expensive coffees, but if you, work, <laughs> if you spend money on expensive coffees anyway. So. But then even my, with my wife's maternity leave, you know, that was very conventional in the sense that she, she had, you know, a certain amount of time that was paid for by the, by the company, and then she went on to statutory. And even then, that required a lot of financial management for those reasons. Okay, we need to make sure we're putting away X amount out of yeah, that pay yeah. packet so that yeah. it covers these packets. And it always struck, it struck me at the time that it shouldn't be this complicated. You're not taking a holiday here. Do you know what I mean? You are procreating. You are you know, starting a family. Well, I, and it shouldn't be this difficult. Well, I tell you what, this is one of the attitudinal things that I find really annoying. So we know there's a massive problem with pregnancy and maternity discrimination in this mm. country. 54,000 women a year losing their jobs as a result. We know one of the reasons that many men say that they're not sure about taking shared parental leave is because of the potential impact on their career. And when mm. you look at what happens to pregnant women in the workplace, who can blame them? Yeah. Um, but part of this is still this assumption by some employers that it's somehow some kind of burden if people go off and have children, which sort of totally takes away from the basic facts that if we don't have the next generation, there's no one that's going to pay our pensions, and there's no one that's going to buy the products of companies that are um, trying to stay in business. You know, we're all, frankly, a bit up the creek with that paddle mm-hmm. if we don't have mm-hmm. the next generation. So there is a sort of social good in people having children and we're not in the 1950s. We need both men and women mm. to be contributing to the economy where they want to be doing so. And so we need to find a way of combining becoming a parent with work and people being able to fulfil both those responsibilities without it driving them completely around the bend. And on top of that as well, I mean, let's not forget, and I'm sure you'll be well aware as well, of all the all the various bits of medical and scientific research that say that... that, it, that show just how important it is that a pregnant woman is given the opportunity to be still and relaxed and the, di- and the differences that stre- the stress hormone when a woman's pregnant the differences yeah. that can make in long term development of the baby etc etc so there's a reason that women need to be in, in a relaxed position when they're, when they're pregnant I, yeah absolutely I mean there's so many good reasons for um, for, for that greater good of society for making mm. sure there's protections for pregnant women and also that, that fathers are able to play their role mm. as fathers because there's really good evidence that shows that fathers have better mental health um, that they're happier, that yeah. the children are happier if the fathers are able to be really involved um, and indeed even that the kids will end up doing better at school if yeah. fathers are involved. So all of the benefits of this are a bit of a no-brainer mm. but our workplaces are mm. still designed for a time when we had a really different yeah. sort of division of labour and assumptions about who did what. So if we had a Tory in the room right now, what we would be, and none of us are clearly Tories, but the, the, <laughs> I bloody hope not. Anyway, the political party. I do beg your pardon. I get a little bit political now. But if um, you know, to play devil's advocate, of course, all of this costs the economy money. Everything we're talking about, in some way, has to be funded or resourced, etc., etc. So, at the risk of sounding like a Tory, you do have to ask the question: Where are the funds coming from? Well, look, tentatively, let's let's which keep your emotions under control. Let's dip our toe in. Brexit water. Oh, good God. What happens in France? What happens in Spain? Um, oh, I mean, it varies. Uh, I mean, I think our shared parental leave policy is is pretty good. I mean, uh, what happens in a lot of other countries is that they have often more generous maternity pay, but shorter maternity leave. Okay. Um, uh, but they're not necessarily um, as far down the road. Obviously, it varies across different countries um, on the paternity leave and shared parental mm. leave. So Scandinavia is definitely ahead of us, but you know we yeah. have then. I'm saying Italy. Italy has a particularly amazing paternity statutory maternity I'm not sure I've, I've, I've read I've read that somewhere so I don't know enough about it to, to say either or but 
I can't remember Italy off no. the top of my head, I'm afraid. But Scandinavia certainly is always held up as yeah. the yeah. as the, the, the example, isn't it? It yeah. sounds like what we need to do, so I'm going to solve it now. <laughs> Here we go. Is we need to we, are, get, we should point out we are in Joe's office in, at Westminster. Here, so <laughs> Steve could just pop in, you know, to 10 Downing Street and just... We need the business leaders of tomorrow to be taking shared parental leave now. Yeah. So when they're in that position to set company policy, they encourage it to happen. Yeah. You see it, I think, with tech firms increasingly that they give enhanced parental leave and then that trickle down yeah. changes the culture mm. and it becomes less of, we take the, the sex out of parental leave. So we don't have maternity leave. We don't have paternity leave. Mm. We just have parental leave. Yeah. But it might, in order to get there, we might have to have a bit of dad leave. Yeah. You know, yeah. as a kind yeah. of stepping stone yeah. to sort mm. of go, go sideways in order to get to get forward. Well, and of course, I mean, families are not all, you know, man and woman, um, no, you know, no. having children. You know, same-sex couples. Yeah. You've also yeah. got people who are um, having children through um, a baby being born, but also through adoption. adoption. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, this all applies to um, to adoption leave uh, as well and to same-sex couples, which mm. is important. I mean, families are, you know, in all sorts of different shapes and sizes um, compared to how they used to be. And, and the policies need to sort of fit accordingly. Um, but in terms of actually even the benefits for companies, I mean, the stats on talent loss of parents are really quite stark. And it might not always be attributed to people have left because they've become a parent and it's become obvious that it's it's pretty difficult, but they lose good women and men. The stats for men mm. leaving their jobs within a year of becoming mm. fathers and, and looking for a job mm. elsewhere are also quite um, significant. So, I mean, although, yes, you're right that managing this does take a company, you know, there are costs and also that you it is an, it's a risk and it's an issue that needs to be managed. You need to think through how you're going to deal with it. But at the same time, not dealing with it has risks and costs attached yeah. to it as well. I'm more likely to go the extra yard for a company that I think cares about me yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a, a good example to show you care about me is to look after my family. Yeah, exactly. Um, my priorities have changed completely since Ben was born. If you, if I went back eighteen months, I, w- I didn't mind what shift I was working. I would work late. I would work all the hours God said. And sometimes, um, whereas now, I mean, I still, I still consider myself to be a very hard worker. But there are those certain red lines where you say, "Well, look, I have to be out of here by six yeah. because I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to get home after he's gone to bed. That's yeah. not happening." Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll do the work later, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll take the laptop home and I'll do the work at ten when he's in bed. Yeah. But I'm going to get home for bath time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, mi- I'm not missing that. Yeah. So the priorities do change, and I suppose, I mean, we're very lucky, Steve and I, that we work for a company where I think and there is an awareness that that's fine. You know, there, there's no, there's no pushback. A, we've got a manageable commute. Yes. We've got a manageable. We don't, we don't live masses distance. I mean, you know, the the idea of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and having an hour and a half commute into your office and then not getting home until eight o'clock at night because. You've missed your and you've missed your your kids, and, and then if they're not up at two in the morning, you never see them. There are guys I know who see their kids at the weekend. Yeah. They, they are they are happily married. They live at home with their children and their and their wife and their family, but they don't see them because yeah. they leave before yeah. they leave for work before the kids are up, and they get home from work after the kids have gone to bed. And listen, you think works. what's the? I mean, you know, listen, you know, yeah, you're quite right, Steve, to point out that. You know, we, we shouldn't be here lecturing anybody or, or, or casting judgment on anybody. But for me personally, I yeah. would then have to ask, well, why am I doing this? Now, if it's because it's, it's, it's a job you need to keep in order to pay the bills, you know, absolutely, of course, that, that's understandable. But if it's, 
if you're someone who could go and work in another job, then why, but, I, you but, know... But I, also, I, I think that. there's a lot of assumptions there. And in workplaces that somebody has to be there, first of all, there's presenteeism going on. Yeah. Um, secondly, the, there's a, a, still a bias against flexible working. So mm. in, you know, even in that circumstance, it may be that you're quite far, it's your dream job, you love it. But maybe on a Wednesday, you could work from home. Mm. So you might still be working during the day, but you would get to see your child in the morning, mm. you'd get to see them in the evening. And how much happier would that person probably be? Mm. And more likely to then stay with the company rather than be looking for something else so I mean I do think that there's a lot to be gained by employers taking a much more um, sort of open-minded approach to how yeah. parents and actually not just parents I mean there's people who are caring for elderly relatives there's people who want flexibility because they're coaching a football team or because they like mm. running marathons and they want to do a long training run at lunchtime mm. I mean there's, there's all sorts of reasons why mm. people want flex and yet our workplace is really stuck in the past mm. it is and again we, we've sort of come full circle back to the cultural question because you know, we were talking about the culture of, of of someone like me, for instance, struggling with that idea of giving up the breadwinner role, which makes me sound like I'm living in the 1950s. But anyway, um, but also you're then talking about the culture of the workplace because actually, in so many jobs now, and I appreciate there's a lot of jobs where this it doesn't apply, but there are so many jobs where you could work from home. Yeah. Why not? You know, if you have a Wi-Fi connection and you have a laptop that yeah. is logged logged into your company system, yeah. why can't you work from home? And yet, it's that kind of culture of. Well, actually, if you're in the office, I can see what you're physically doing. I can see that you're working hard. Whereas if you're at home, well, how am I not to know that you're watching Homes Under a Hammer and having a cup of no, tea? Frankly, you know, when you're in the office, <laughs> how's your boss going to know if they're not standing well, on exactly. shoulder you're not on yeah, Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if your boss is somebody that's got kids... It makes a difference, doesn't it? probably know yeah. that you're not watching Homes Under a Hammer <laughs> because they've got... They know what a bit what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think what Joe said earlier is, is absolutely right, that... There is a bit of trailblazing that's got to go on. You've got mm. to be able to go right. I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to do. I'm, I'm. I'm keen to do it. I'll make it work. However, I make it work. And then, if enough people start to do that, then other people see other people doing it, and it, it's a trickle on. Trickle down. I suppose we shouldn't say that the need for there to be trailblazers is somehow a negative kind of vision of things because with anything new with any yeah. new policy with any new uptake of policy there are going to be need to be people who are the first ones to do exactly. it yeah. I, I think there's quite a lot of similarities with this sort of you know new approach to it really involved fatherhood mm-hmm. uh, as maybe you know a few decades ago women in the workplace you know going into industries where they'd never been women before or levels uh, you know where they might have been the only woman on the senior management team there's still too many places where that is the yeah. case um, but you know women in those circumstances have had like to be trailblazers exactly yeah. and try to make you know get that cultural change happening and that can feel a bit uncomfortable but nonetheless they have helped to make change and then that has helped mm-hmm. the next people to come through as well so it, it will be harder for the first guys that are doing this in any organisation mm. but they're not only doing something which I think they will enjoy and will be good for themselves mm. but they're also leaving a legacy for the men that are coming after mm. them you go, Steve a legacy you're leaving a legacy Steve well yeah who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're, we're, we're sort of reaching yes yes time we're coming to we, time yes. we've talked about it a lot it, it, it seems that if you are a dad who's listening to this or you're a mum who'd like your um, husband or partner to take or uh, take the leave the tools are there to enable you to take it in terms of you've got the legal support the best thing is to plan it to get as much get ahead of your decision as yeah. soon as possible um, and I don't from my point of view I, I don't regret a minute that I spend with my son 
and that's that's I think that's the that's, that's the, the crux of it. You the come more back, minutes I can yeah. put up on the board yeah, with Jackson, yeah. the better on as far as I'm You come yeah. back to that old cliche, don't you, of how many people are on their deathbed yeah. say I wish I'd spent more time at work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's that's the you know, that's the that's the Part of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, everyone. I mean, that's the, the other cliche is obviously everyone tells you before you become a parent. Oh, your life will never be the same again, and you don't quite know what they mean. Uh, but you get a bit sick of everyone saying it to you. But then, as soon as, as soon as you become a parent, you know exactly what they mean, yeah. and they're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. And yeah. the other thing, another cliche, they grow up so far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how many can we really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when I'm dropping Jackson off at university or, or, or yeah. whatever choices he makes in 18 years' time. Those three months, a drop in the ocean in his life, and they're dropping the ocean in my career. But the value of them yeah. is, you know, the, the, yeah. it's far-reaching. But do you know what, Steve? It's not eighteen years' time. Sixteen years' time. They grow yeah. up so yeah, fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's true. Blimey! <laughs> right, as Steve Steve ponders what his, his son will look like when he's eighteen years old. Uh, <laughs> we should probably wrap things up. Thank you very much to Joe for having us. This is we're, we're overlooking. The House of Commons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we're sat right next to Big Ben. This is quite exciting. I wish we had some pictures to show you. Um, but that's the nature of a podcast, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for having us in. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. It's been really enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Share Parental Leave, there will be a piece on the Daily Mirror website. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to find it using the traditional Google search engine, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks very much. And um, we look forward to welcoming you back next time. Cheers. Bye, everybody.